Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Arone Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, November 27th, 2019, day before Thanksgiving, week uh, 13 coming up here in the NFL, and uh, we got PZ's birthday tonight, so that'll that'll be fun here before the uh, holiday festivities begin. But uh, first and foremost, let's talk a little football. So let's go upstairs, bring in Rob. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not doing too bad. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good. How about you? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it uh starts starts snowing here and getting a little colder and yeah, it's not uh, not the best, not too ideal for myself, that's for sure. Not a big fan of this weather. Yeah, it was a little slow sledding on the way into work today, that was for sure. Even with a bunch of people not going cuz the class is being canceled and everything, but it's funny how it seems like the uh you know, the weather terrorists, the the, the building never really lives up to the hype. And it's really not that big a deal most of the time, but we'll see. I think we're supposed to get some more, uh, another big snow on Friday, so we'll see if that uh, comes to fruition or not. But anyway, um, yeah, so we got the interesting week ahead here with the, the, the wonky, you know, three Thursday games. But before we jump in and look at this card, let's uh, wrap up last week and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right, so how did uh, Week 12 treat you? Yeah, it's getting pretty discouraging, that's for sure. There's no way, other way to slice it, but, uh, yeah, pretty awful. Not uh, not good at all. I don't know what my release plays are. It looks like uh, one, in, one in four, all one unit plays for me. I think it's probably a good thing I didn't uh, jump on any anything more, but, yeah, just pretty pretty brutal. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I had some games pegged right, and I just didn't pull the trigger on them, and there's other ones that I – had paid wrong, obviously the ones I go with, and yeah, it just kind of seems like you're pushing the wrong buttons right now. Really, for at least I am, and it's uh, it's been pretty rough sledding for sure. You talk about the roads out in the Minnesota here; it's pretty bad. But yeah, the handicapping on a hole has been pretty brutal as well. So I don't know. One of those things. There's not much you can do. Just kind of get to keep grinding away, and hopefully it turns here. But I think a lot, I think more than anything, the reasoning reason being for the the downfall on the slide. It just seems like. All these teams and these games just seem like pretty obvious. And there's, you know, the way I handicap is basically go against uh, where you can find the most value, go against the public thought. And I think that uh, uh, Baltimore game was a perfect example there. I wait until you get a good, good number. I think I got a four by close, and it just, you know, it wasn't even sniff, sniff to be close. I think it just uh, comes down to it just seems a little too easy here to pick these games. And you expect it to change at some point, but the problem is you kind of run out of games this year. So, yeah, all around it's just been pretty brutal. Yeah, I hear you. I went on three this week as well. And it pretty much just seems like it's, oh, who do you think is a better team? I just go with them. I don't care how much they're laying, where it's at, what kind of spot it is. <laughs> and it seems like you'd be doing just fine this year. So 
Uh, whenever, yeah, whenever that's the case, it's uh, not going to be good for me or you. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it is a little discouraging, like you said. But now we, uh, we're, you know, done with the buys. So we're down to full slate here for the last handful of weeks. So hopefully we can get on a little heater and, uh, finish the season strong. But yeah, it's, it's amazing because I had the, the Rams against the Ravens, which was just, basically dead from the first five minutes, which we joked about, like, unbelievable how quick that happened. Then we had Philly against Seattle that was, like, kind of lingering, I guess, a touch, but they were pretty much just, they had nothing going the entire game either. And then uh, the New Orleans under, which was my pick of the week that lost, that was every, basically every game last week had was, like, a weird, low-scoring weather-type game, except for the one that I had the under in, which was just an absolute shootout. <laughs> and that was pretty much dead early on, so... Went 0-3, and I didn't even get a sweat out of the deal, which is pretty tough to do in the NFL nowadays. So, a little, uh, little disappointing, but let's uh, have to turn the page on Week 12 and and uh, look ahead to this week. But I guess before we do that, there was a couple qualifiers for the Getting the Best of the Number segment, so why don't you go ahead and do those? Getting the Best of the Number. Yeah, and like you said, so I uh, had two qualifiers here real quick. We had Pittsburgh-Cincinnati. Pittsburgh open as a seven-point favorite, and that one got as low as five-and-a-half or six. Uh, across the board, and it landed right on 16, or right on six. The final score is 16-10 to 10, uh, in favor of Pittsburgh, obviously. The next game is Green Bay-San uh, Francisco total. That one opened 45, and one of the few bets actually was involved in that uh, one. Uh, I got that under there, and uh, this one a little bit more nitpicky. Open 45, kind of got bet up pretty quickly, and kind of was sitting at, you know, 46, is 46 and a half all week or for most of the week with a little bit of, you know, kind of going back and forth and come in, came in late up to 47 and a half and then 48 by kickoff. So yeah, he could have, uh, he bet that early. He could have got a push maybe, but, uh, yeah, for the most part, it was, uh, it was definitely an under type of game because it landed right on 37 to eight and 45. So those are the two examples we got this week. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's, uh, look ahead here. We got the, uh, the Thursday three-pack Thanksgiving games, nothing that's particularly enamoring, but uh, the first game, we got a little NFC North battle. Chicago heading to Detroit. Looks like the Bears are laying four on the road now with a total of 37, 37 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Chicago minus one and a half. Look headline, Detroit minus one and a half. Westgate opens a pick em. The total here at the Westgate open 41, and... um yeah, a lot of money on the under. Uh, obviously, like you said, 37, just a ton of under money. And I think it's, you know, a lot of it has to do with just that Chicago offense of how poor it's looked in Trubisky. But, um, I mean, yeah, boy, it's just, just so low. It's just hard. It's hard to really take an over, I think, right now. But at the same time, uh, not that I would love it under even at 41, 40, but just the fact that, you know, I, I don't know, it just seems like it can't keep continuing. Uh, you know, kind of like we talked kind of like talk about in the, the first segment about how easy it is to pick games. It seems like that's how easy. This year has been is like oh Chicago their offense isn't any good Detroit their offense isn't that good um, Chicago's got a somewhat decent defense and you know let's bet the under no matter what the number is and it's just it's been working out so I, I don't know I guess we'll see what happens but it's just hard to imagine that could continue uh, so yeah I, I really have no opinion on the on the on the total uh, side I I do have a, an opinion I think it'll be interesting my screen I'm not sure who's who's quarterbacking here it looks like Driscoll's uh, banged up too. It looks like a little bit, so I'm not sure what they're going to do. And I don't know if Stafford, I don't think he's coming back. So I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I think it'll be Driscoll, but I'm not sure. There's still a little bit of rumblings if uh, the injury got from last game. So I'm not sure. But, I mean, if it was a healthy Driscoll, I'd really like the Detroit side here, just judging by my power ratings and the look headline. 
where it opened, but um, again, it's, it's probably injury related, so you kind of got to wait and see. So I guess uh, for me right now, it's a little too early to tell where I can go with this game until I know who's quarterbacking for the for the Lions squad. Yeah, so he's got a questionable the hamstring injury, and the only other quarterback that's on the roster is Blau, Blue Dude Blau. I've never even heard of the dude, undrafted rookie. So that's not good, especially against the Bears defense that is still respectable to good. So I, I don't know. I I've I thought Driscoll's played fairly well here over just since he's kind of filled in for Stafford, but. I just think the rest. If Stafford came back, I wouldn't say, oh, there's a ton of value here on this Detroit team. Now they got competent quarterback play. I just think as a, as a whole, this team is just not good. And it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd say like, I, I always, I didn't even really buy into the beginning of the year when they were started off hot and, they were kind of they were towards the top of the NFC North. I thought they were a little you know, closer to average, a little bit below. But I think the way their personnel looks now, they definitely look like quite like a not quite bottom feeder like Cincy, Washington level. But I mean, they just lost to Washington last week and didn't. They, they seem like they were pretty unequal footing with them. So I think this Detroit team might be pretty sneaky, just awful at this point, and I don't really expect it to change anytime soon. Uh, I'm not a big Patricia fan by any means. The only reason I I wouldn't be too enthusiastic to take Chicago is I've just I've kept trying to put faith that they're gonna figure out something with Trubisky in that offense and they just haven't been able to figure out anything at all. Even last week I was I didn't end up betting it, but I thought all right against this uh, giant secondary at home here they're gonna figure something out to at least make Trubisky have one or two games. I mean even. Even when he was bad last year and stuff, he still had his bright spots, and he just really hasn't had one all year. So uh, I think I, I finally am going to concede that and just say the Bears are pretty much, to me, a, a bet against or a bet under or pass, and I don't really want to bet the Lions here either. Just Even with Driscoll, I just don't – I don't know. The It just looks like they're a team that's not really trying all that hard and just isn't all that talented, so – a uh, pretty easy pass for me, when, especially when you mix in the fact that it's the early Thanksgiving Thursday short week game, and both these teams are pretty much out of it. It's just, you know, they might be motivated, but who who knows in this spot. So uh pretty easy pass for me. Next game, we have Buffalo heading to Dallas. It looks like Dallas is a six-and-a-half-point favorite here with a total of 47. Uh, yeah, my power rate in here, Dallas minus six-and-a-half. Look headline Dallas minus seven. Westgate open Dallas seven and a half, and the total here open forty five. Uh, yeah, kind of a bummer here on this one. I kind of want to play this total uh, up and over uh, the total here, and that's kind of already lost lost some value that I like here, especially with the somewhat key number of forty seven on the total. So um, that's kind of a shame. Uh, like I said, I wanted to bet this game over, but probably not going to be able to get there. Not not a huge play, but definitely uh, I think the forty five number. You know, anything 46 or less, but yeah, I just can't, uh, it'll be interesting at 47. It's a little, little too high, I think, for me, but, uh, as from a side perspective, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to take a hard look at this, at this Buffalo side. I mean, I, I don't know, I just don't trust Dallas in this point, point spread range at seven. Um, but at the same time, after that rough game against New England, I think this might be somewhat of a bounce back spot. And then kind of like with Buffalo, we've seen all year, they struggled against the, 
the upper echelon of teams, and you can definitely think uh, you got to consider Dallas a, a top tier team or a top ten team. So, uh, you know, for sure, a top half of the league, I'd I'd argue top ten. So, I mean, and not that I'm that high on Dallas, but uh, I think this is a game that Buffalo is going to need to show in prime time here on Thanksgiving. So, I think they're going to be coming out, and I would assume they're going to be pretty focused and, and have a pretty good effort. But you know, this this Buffalo team just scares me a little bit. But you know, the only way I could look here would be taking Buffalo in the points. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I think Dallas is going to win this game. It just seems to me like after all the scrutiny that uh, you know Garrett was under last week and Jerry Jones was upset and and it's just kind of a weird game in the weather against New England. I mean, you can look at it and say Dallas hasn't really beat anybody this year, and that's definitely true. Like I we pointed out a handful of weeks ago that they just they beat up on a bunch of cupcakes. But then you could also take the inverse of it and say that a lot of their losses are to pretty top-tier teams. And they lost to the Saints. I got, you know, the one loss was the Jets was a bad one. Other than that, it's the, the Patriots, Vikings, Packers, and, and Saints. So three of the top, you know, whatever, seven teams in the league. So I think to me this is a question of whether you think Buffalo is a top-level team or not. And even like the Vikings game where they lost to them, they – they very easily could have won that game, or even last week against the Patriots. It was kind of an either-or game for the most part. And so I think if you're going to bill Buffalo, I know there's a little bit different point spread range here up towards a touchdown, but I just think if if you think that Buffalo is a mediocre to blow-average team, regardless of their record, then I think there's a decent chance if the Cowboys come out and play a good game and have a good bounce back, they could run up the score and, and look really good in this spot. But if you think Buffalo's defense is actually a top tier defense, then maybe they do cause some problems and they can keep it close. But I, like I said last week, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't trust Allen, even though I wanted to, to jump in on him early this year. Last week they, they beat Denver fairly convincingly and then, you know, it was good for them and whatnot, but it's just, they didn't really, visually I didn't see anything that I thought, Oh wow, maybe, you know, he's figuring it out or maybe this team's really, better than I thought. I just think they're a team that beats up on bad teams and hasn't played anybody all year. So I, I, I don't trust Dallas enough to lay this price with them, and I don't really trust them enough to tease them or money line them, but I also think there's a decent chance they're just going to roll in this game fairly easily. So uh, I, I just don't I don't think I'll have, uh, have enough uh, enthusiasm or conviction to really get involved with this one. All right. Nightcap, we got a rematch of an NFC South matchup. We got the Saints of New Orleans heading to Atlanta. Looks like the Saints are laying seven on the road here, the total of 48.5, Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Saints minus five. Look headline, Saints five and a half. Westgate open, Saints minus seven. Totally open, 48.5. Uh, yeah, this, uh, I don't know, it seems like all these games here on this, this Thanksgiving slate, it's nothing that I like love, but I definitely have a, you know, a slight opinion on every one of them. And, uh, first two games I already already gave my two cents, but it's I think with this game and just uh, the the way Breeze has been playing and uh, that Saints just in general I mean they're getting power rated and the point spread showing that they're you know one of the best teams you know top three NFL teams here and I just don't know if I quite agree with that and Atlanta I think is is really the question mark for me I think I have a pretty good grasp on on, on New Orleans and and Breeze and what they can do and I think they're kind of a high variable team but a high variance team but I definitely know that going into the handicap whereas Atlanta I think they you know I could see them being you know on a, on a wide range spectrum I really have no idea where they're going to 
going to be. So to me, that's what it really comes down to for this handicap. Uh, what's your opinion on Atlanta? If you're pretty high in Atlanta and, and think that the last game was just uh, an aberration to the two games before that, or if you think the two games are an aberration and the last game was what they actually are, uh, like they were showing so, so far this season, I think that's really what the question is. And, and if you think uh, Atlanta's a lot like last game, then I think the Saints are definitely worth a look here, especially some uh, some offshore shops I've seen six and a half. Uh, at least one, so uh, that'd be a bad. On the opposite of Atlanta, uh, yeah, if you think that the last game was kind of just a bad game against another divisional opponent, but I think, I think if anything, you got to take maybe take a look at this Atlanta home field because uh, that's where they seem like they've been poor, and and now you have New Orleans in a revenge spot. So I think uh, spot wise, I think it, it bodes decently well for New Orleans, but uh, at the same time, I just don't really trust them uh, personally with this laying seven points here. See, I'm, I'm going to be on Atlanta probably uh, for a small bet, if nothing else, uh, at, at the at the plus seven and thinking this line might come back down a little bit closer to where the lookhead was, but uh, we, we will see. But, uh, yeah, it would have been a little bit nicer to get a more competitive team uh, than Atlanta here on Thanksgiving against the Saints, to, even though it should be a somewhat competitive game, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with your take on the game. It's basically what you think of Atlanta, and I just don't – I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. Uh, if they would have – even if they would have lost last week, if they would have had a – it looked fairly crisp and just had a couple things not go their way. I would have loved Atlanta on this spot, but the fact that they're capable of basically no showing and just being completely non-competitive is a little worrisome uh, when that's what they look like for a solid two months there before that random resurgence for a couple games. And yeah, the fact that it was against the Saints, you'd think it sets up a little bit. I don't know if there's any credence to the whole revenge angle or not, but when you got a good team like the Saints against a bad team like the Falcons that that had already lost to them, it, it sure seems like psychologically they'd want to go in there and kind of right the wrongs as much as they can. And so I don't know. I, I don't trust the Saints' offense to blow people out by any means. I don't think Breeze. I think Breeze has looked pretty brutal. Uh, I think honestly that I don't think they'd be much worse off if at all with Teddy in there over Breeze with the way he's looked at this age. With that being said, I just don't have any idea what to make of Atlanta. I wouldn't be surprised if they come out, and maybe it's something where you could see early on and and get involved in game. But if they come out and they're throwing it around and they look fun and exciting, like they got some juice to them, maybe you go ahead and take them, and especially if the crowd's pumped up, or you come out and if the Saints are throwing it all over the field, doing what they want for the first couple drives, and Atlanta looks like they didn't even show up for the game, then I would probably expect more of the same. So. To me, it's just yeah, all about what type of Atlanta team you're going to get. And before the game, I don't have any idea. So for me, it's another one where yeah, I think the natural inclination for a lot of people is going to be tease down Dallas and tease down New Orleans. But just to me, there's so many uncertainties there about what kind of teams you're actually going to get that to me, it's just not not worth it. If I was going to bet it, I'd just pick pick uh, you know to, to, to play it as if it's going to play out a certain way. And then hope you're right. And I think if you are right, you'll win whether it's teased or not. That's not something where there's enough certainty where I feel those six points are really all that valuable. Um, so that's my opinion on it at least. But I probably won't be in much action at all there for the Thanksgiving games. All right. Uh, let's head to the Sunday games. First one, they have Green Bay heading to the Giants. And it looks like the Packers are laying six and a half here on the road with a total of 45. Yeah, my power rating here, Packers six and a half. I look headline, Green Bay seven and a half. Westgate open, Green Bay seven and a half even money in the total. You're open 46 and a half. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's another game. Uh, not, not as much as the other one I mentioned, but it, another one I was kind of looking at under, but there's already some under money came in and just, it's kind of tough too, especially when uh, a little rough sledding. The last thing you're going to want to do is chase and try to chase a number and get the worst for this. It's not, 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 not a worse feeling for me, uh, when it comes to betting. And, uh, so yeah, no, no opinion on the total side, for, sidewise to me, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know that, that Green Bay against San Francisco kind of, you know, pretty much just no showed, uh, in prime time, but it's, it seems to me like, you know, I, I this, this this just seems like a game with the Giants have been kind of rolling a little bit. They've been keeping games close. I think they've covered the last three games or so. I think Jones has played, you know, serviceable, and they've kind of been on a roller coaster ride all season. And and Green Bay, I'm not too high on at all. But at the same time, it's uh this this just kind of feels like with that just awful New York Giants secondary. I mean, <laughs> Trubisky couldn't do it last week. So I don't know somehow, but. I think this is be something that Rodgers is going to feast on, and I, I think he's going to be able to put up a lot of points and, and have a a pretty good day um, from the Green Bay perspective. And I just I just feel like this is a really bad spot here for the Giants. Um, you know, for the most part, I just don't I just don't really see them showing up for this game. I think they've kind of gone on a a pretty good ride here, and I think this is like I said, a spot where Green Bay comes in and and, and gives them a good sl- uh, slacking. So uh, again, it's it's six and a half, so it's not a price I love, but I mean. I think this just might be a bounce back spot here for Green Bay and uh, blow the doors off the Giants. Yeah, if anything, I'm going to look at the Green Bay side here, laying the points on the road. Yeah, even though the Packers got killed last week, I don't think it's a great spot for the Packers. The fact that they had to travel to San Francisco for a late start game on Sunday and then travel back to the middle of the country and then now go all the way to the East Coast for a, not all the way, but you know, all well the way across the country in the span of essentially six days for an early start game. And a team that I don't think is all that good anyway, and I haven't been a huge fan of. I don't think it's a great spot for the Packers. But that being said, the Giants, even though two of their last, you know, they've lost, what, seven in a row now? And two or, I guess, three of those seven, they lost by a touchdown or less. But even those ones, like against the Jets, they were handled pretty easily. The Bears last week. It was just an ugly low-scoring game. It wasn't like they did a whole lot to stay in it. And then against the Lions, they were down quite a bit more than the look or than the final score was, and then they got a garbage touchdown late. So they're just not really a team that I've been impressed with whatsoever. And I mean, obviously their two and nine record kind of <laughs> would signify that. But even even uh, you know Daniel Jones isn't a guy that makes rookie mistakes, but he lights it up at the same time too. He's just pretty much been un, un, you know, uninspiring for the most part and just not, not all that impressive whatsoever, not even the, the moments of brilliance that you kind of expect from a rookie of his you know, touting or his draft pick. So I just haven't been all that excited whatsoever to, to jump on the Giants, but I've been trying to bet against the Packers uh, as much as possible here over the last month because I just think they've been overvalued. So if that's the case for me here, uh, just really – not really interested in, in backing either side here, so pretty easy pass for me on that one. Next game, we got Washington heading to Carolina. Panthers are uh, 10-point home favorites here with a total of 39.5, 40. Yeah, my power in here, Carolina, 11.5. Look at line, Carolina minus 9. Westgate open, Carolina 9.5, and the total here open 41. Um, yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't have any faith in this, in Haskins and Washington. I mean, it's the same thing every week for me. I just, it's just hard to back Washington when you have no faith in the quarterback whatsoever. So at that point, you're pretty much relying on a defense that's, you know, 
already out and down and out for the season, and it's just going to be hard to expect a, a huge effort from Washington's defense. Not that they're that great or a top caliber defense by any stretch, but I mean, that's kind of what's got to keep them in games. You got to hope it's a low scoring, you know, just a, a you know pretty sloppy game that they can kind of get in the numbers. So I mean, I, I could see that, especially with such a low total. That's pretty much what you got to hope for here. But at the same time, I think Carolina is kind of uh, you know got a little more confidence after last week. That was a pretty big game. I think. I think it, I guess it could go either way. I think either a, you know kind of a deflator after just coming up so close to beating a big divisional rival that's going to be you know leading the division and just coming up a little bit short, or it could be something where they had a really good effort and almost won, and it kind of gives them some motivation. And I guess I really don't know. That's I think that's kind of the question mark for me. Um, but so I mean I, I think long term you just think you should blindly bet Washington here, just thinking taking the ten plus points, you're taking double digits, but. I don't know. I just don't know if I can get there. It's just what it comes down to. And, and I don't know if I can necessarily lean to Carolina, but I just don't think I can to back Washington. So, yeah, for me, I just, I just I just really can't bet this game. Yeah, it looks like Haskins has been ruled out for the game because he's uh, taking selfies with fans at a local 7-Eleven during the game time on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> now, did you hear that story about him not making it out there for the, the victory formation because yeah, he was yeah, taking I've... selfies? Yeah, it's kind of one of those things people talk about so much, it just kind of gets old. Like, it's funny how a story yeah. hits and just everybody talks about it. Yeah, but I just think, I mean, just from watching them, I haven't watched every Redskins game by any means, and I don't follow college super closely, so I don't have a huge opinion of them coming out of college, but when you heard reports before I even ever watched them that he didn't take stuff too seriously and he wasn't really a hard worker and he just kind of relied on talent a lot of his career, and then you start seeing stuff like this that kind of confirms that in a way. And then you watch him on the field, and he just looks somewhere between unprepared and disinterested. I just think for his long-term prospects, who knows, maybe he turns around and proves us wrong. But for me, that's not the kind of guy that, uh, from all that stuff combined, that you're like, all right, um, I'd rather get, you know, I want to get on the bandwagon here early before the market catches up to him if he's on the upswing. That's just my my point is I just don't think. Even off the win last week, I don't think it's like, all right, you know, now he's going to put on a few games, good games down the stretch, and, and this is where I can find some value because they're valued so lowly. I, even though they, they won last week, I don't think Washington's a team, mostly due to the Haskins factor of somebody that I'm going to change my mind on and say I want to bet on. Because here, Carolina off three straight losses, I tend to believe that last last week's loss Puts them down to six losses in the NFC below 500. I'm sure they'll still, you know, they're still telling themselves, hey, if we win out, we have a chance, and, and yada, yada, yada. But I think that was going to be more towards the dream crusher. Hard to get back up after that when they could have beat the Saints outright and the kicker blew it late and all that. To me, it would be a spot where I definitely want to bet against Carolina, especially in this double-digit range here at 10, where I don't trust Carolina's offense whatsoever. And I don't think they have, like, an elite unit. So to ask them to cover by a margin, especially in a spot that I don't think is great, it has, has me naturally really wanting to bet against them. But then it's like, well, I really trust Haskins whatsoever, and I just know. So I think reluctantly, um, I, if someone gave me money and said I had to put it on the game or I had to pick a side, I'd, I'd put it on Washington. But I just I just don't think you're going to get rich betting on Haskins over the course of his career, and I'm not going to try to get cute here. and, and and, and bet on them just because I think the spot's pretty good. So, unfortunately, I think I got to pass that one as well. Next game, we have a pretty good one. We got San Francisco. Both the uh, the primetime teams coming off huge blowout wins from last week. They're going to square off now this week 
Uh, the Niners heading to Baltimore. Yeah, it looks like the Ravens are six-point home favorites here, the total of 46.5. Oh, uh, yeah, my power rating here, Baltimore minus six. Look at line, Baltimore four and a half. Let's get open this game. Uh, Baltimore three and a half after San Francisco's dominant performance, but before Baltimore's dominant performance, and then Tuesday morning reopened uh, after the Monday night football game, Baltimore minus five and a half. And the total here, open 46 and pretty much was uh, stay consistent for the most part, uh, right around there, give or take a half a point. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, for me, it's just, uh, like right when I first did the handicap here, I was like, okay, you know, San Francisco kind of jumped off the page. I mean, you're just, you're going to get an overreaction and kind of the same handicap. Uh, we both had a play against Baltimore on Monday night uh, with the Rams, and I just looked at it from the start, and I had one of my biggest bets of the year uh, collectively on that game, and I just kind of knew pretty bad going in, knowing that you're just going to get have no chance. Just kind of have that feeling and pretty much a play out to exactly that. I didn't think it'd be that bad, but it ended up being uh, you know just just beyond belief how awful those the Rams looked there in prime time, but. Yeah, with that being said, uh, like I said, the f- first glance here just figured, oh, there's got to be some value on San Francisco. Take them. But I don't know. My numbers didn't come as high as I thought they would, or they weren't, they weren't as mismatched as I thought they were. So my number kind of makes this game right where it is. Um, so, I mean, I don't think you're getting value by any means on Baltimore. But at the same time, um, I just don't really think I can step in front of them right now. I just, I really can't. I We said it before in the past, whether it be the Cleveland team or like a Jacksonville team, it's, they're so bad and they got to kind of show me something. Maybe the Cincy team would be something this year, uh, to an extent that before you're going to go ahead and back that team. But I think Baltimore is almost kind of the opposite. They kind of got to show me something to stumble, show me something that's negative that, you know, gives me some, you know, buy off signs before I'm going to go against them almost. And, uh, not necessarily bet on them every week, but just either, you know, pass the game or, or maybe look to the Baltimore side. And I think this is kind of the same. Same here. I think a lot of it has to do with San Francisco, um, with that defense. I think that defensive line's pretty str- strong. And, uh, I think Baltimore's gonna be pretty good at getting away from that, uh, just being Lamar and the running game and everything else. And then I think the biggest factor for me is just, I've, I haven't seen, really liked what I've seen from Garoppolo a whole lot. And I don't really like him. If you expect that Baltimore's gonna get out to any kind of a lead, which you kind of expect that being at home with a, being a favorite here, you would think that Garoppolo's gonna be playing from behind. I think the Garoppolo is definitely the type of, quarterback kind of like almost like a Kirk Cousins where you want definitely want to be in front here and I just don't know if I see San Francisco coming out to a a fast start and having a big lead so yeah to me it's uh the only one way only one way I could look here originally like I said I was leaning towards San Francisco but now I've kind of after digging a little bit deeper I think the only way I could look here be the Baltimore side but again it's kind of hard to get to the window knowing you're not getting a whole lot of value on this Baltimore squad right now on the point of the season yeah I I don't know i I would like to take San Francisco here because I do think these teams are pretty close to even, so it seems like a lot of points. But I do agree that if it, if the game script plays out where Baltimore jumps out on them, I really I don't trust Garoppolo a whole lot either, and that's just not a spot I really want to be in. And I just got to the point where I've public week after week has just been betting Baltimore regardless of numbers, spot, where they're playing, whatever, and just cashing week after week and. Unfortunately, I've been on the on the inverse side of that every single week, and the, the Baltimore's really beat me up. And it's like I've kept making the case that oh, it just adds more value betting against them. It just adds more value betting against them. But after what's it been here? I think four weeks in a row <laughs> I've bet against them. Uh, I think it's maybe time to just kind of hit the pause button and you know maybe take a break of being so stubborn and uh, in a spot where I think there's a little bit of value on San Francisco. 
but not something I'm overly in love with either. And I just I keep looking back to that game in the playoffs last year when uh, Baltimore lost to San Diego, and Lamar just looked horrendous, and whatever San Diego was running just completely flummoxed him. So I don't know if he's gotten better and progressed as a quarterback this year, or if that was the second time San Diego saw him last year and you can make adjustments and figure him out or not. And everybody's only seen him for the first time this year so far. Uh, I'm not sure what what exactly the case is. So I think I'm just going to kind of take a hold and see on Baltimore and uh, and and kind of take a break here from fading him for a little bit until further notice. Uh, this would just be a fun one to watch, I think, from a fan's perspective. So curious to see how this, yeah, elite-level San Francisco defense uh, can can handle the Baltimore's offense that's been pretty incredible here for for quite a while. So it'll be a really interesting matchup to watch, but nothing uh, nothing I feel super strongly about as far as betting wise. Next game we got Tennessee heading to Indianapolis. Looks like Indy's laying two and a half here at home with a total of forty three and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: Indy minus three and a half. Look headline: Indy three and a half. Westgate open: Indy minus three, and the total here open forty two. Um, yeah, we'll finally get to a game I kind of like. Um, it's been a little bit, a little bit thin here on the card so far. Not a whole lot of real opinions, uh, that we've came up with so far that you had the card. But yeah, like I said, I think, I think it's a pretty good spot here. I, I like the indie side, uh, coming off extra rest. Uh, this Tennessee team, I'm uh, pretty fat and happy for sure after a slow start first half uh, last week, but then blowing the doors off of, uh, that Jacksonville team, another divisional opponent and, I don't know if Tennessee's just, I mean, I'm kind of shocked because I, that's the one thing I do. I think if you listen to me or Frank, that's the one thing you're going to get. Um, we, you know, we're listening. We always keep our eyes open, or sorry, our ears open and our eyes open, I guess, when we're watching the games, <laughs> but, uh, of, of what's going on. And then I think that's a big thing. Uh, we put a lot of hours in just listening to things, uh, you know, different takes, uh, you know, what's going on different uh, about players and the teams and, and everything else. And you can kind of get a really good feel of, you know, where the public's at and, you know, the sharp guys you listen to compared to the other, you know, the public guys that are more just, you know, like looking at the team and don't really care about a number or home field, nothing like that. So I think this is a good example. I think for sure I've just kind of been surprised in a way of how much love there's been for Tennessee. And I'm, I'm getting it from almost everywhere. And, you know, Tennessee, they're talking about their, you know, pretty, a good playoff contender maybe. And Tannehill's kind of saved this team and how good he is. It's like, let's, let's not get too hard and far ahead of ourselves. I mean, Tannehill, you know, not too long ago, he was talking about he was just an awful quarterback, and he, granted, it's been working out. I don't think he's. I don't, it's hard to argue that he's been pretty big upgrade from Tannehill or from uh, sorry Mariota. But at the same time, Tannehill's Tannehill, and and I, I don't know. I just think Indy's been a lot more consistent throughout the season, and uh, you put him in a home spot here, um, basically make them an an underdog on a neutral, and I get it. They're playing good right now, and they're hot. The Tennessee team is, but like I said, Indy coming off extra rest, they just had a pretty tough tough game against a pretty tough opponent in Houston in a divisional game and I think you know the lack of class that Jacksonville has is going to be a pretty big upgrade in class here for Tennessee so um, a little bit of a downgrading class I think for Indy and then a little bit of upgrade in Tennessee and then you're still getting uh, like I said getting less than playing less than a field goal at home with Indy and you know like I said I I think this is going to be an Indy spot for sure so yeah I'll take two and a half uh, all day long here with Indy for sure. Yeah the only thing the only concern I have with Indy, because I totally agree, is just their injury report is still not great with T.Y. questionable and Mac out and uh, you know a handful of others of Quentin Nelson questionable. So that's about the only thing that gives me pause. But other than that, yeah, it's just 
Tennessee narrative absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they, they beat up on Jacksonville last week, who Jacksonville has been awful, especially since Foles came back. They, Jacksonville got absolutely destroyed by the Texans in London. They got absolutely destroyed by the Colts two weeks ago, and they got absolutely destroyed last week by the Titans. So ever since Foles returned, they just have been completely abysmal. And so, yeah, you know, give Tennessee a little bit of credit, I guess. But other than that, they beat the Chiefs in a game they had zero business winning that game. Uh, somebody was on the Chiefs' money line, and I don't know how the Chiefs squandered that game. Uh, that was extremely aggravating. And Tannehill made some plays, sure, but it it wasn't it wasn't a game where if they played it a hundred times that they'd be winning too often. And then they lost to the Panthers the week before that in a game that they were absolutely destroyed in that game, and then they kind of came back to make it look a little bit close, only lost by ten late, but they were just dominated from the beginning of that game. And then the two weeks before that, with Tannehill, they played the Bucks in a game that they probably should have lost as someone who was on Tennessee that game. And then against the Chargers the week before that, where the Chargers couldn't get in from the goal line. So, I mean, you could very easily make a case that up until last week, Tannehill, and then the, the first week he was against the Broncos when I had a my pick of the week on him, his first week starting, and they went in there and scored zero points. So... You could very easily make the case that Tannehill would have lost his first five games uh, starting this year if a few things would have happened differently at the end of the games. And you can say, well, you know, give him credit for for staying in those games, and and then you know that's fine. But it's just a lot of those games seem to be more fluky than anything. And I haven't just from the eye test, I haven't been all that impressed whatsoever watching Tannehill. And he's been better than Mariota, but that's pretty faint praise. And then now after that beat down last week of Jacksonville. Yeah, everyone seems to be anointing Tennessee here as, as an underdog, you know, as a under-the-radar sleeper in the AFC. I just, I don't see it at all. And Indy on the flip side, they lost a pretty ugly game on Thursday night to Houston by three, which, you know, short short week on the road is a spot that we've been weary of, you know, all the time when we're talking about the Thursday night games. And other than that, the Colts, uh, you know, they beat Jacksonville up real good a couple weeks ago, and they had that, Hoyer in there a couple weeks before that. So if Brissett's healthy and ready to go, like you said, after a couple days rest at home in a really pivotal game here in the AFC South, uh, just give me give me the Colts all day long. The coaching matchup, I like Reich better than Vrabel. It's just pretty much everything to me except for like, those injuries I mentioned right away point to the Colts. So, yeah, I, uh, the fact that it's under a field goal here to me is totally ridiculous. So I love the Colts as well. Yeah, real quick, I, I, I want to throw something. I know we've already belabored this game a, a lot, but I think, and, and that definitely needs to be said, I just look at for, for Football Outsiders numbers, just, uh, you know, DVOA. Um, I think the one thing, I think the way the Titans win, and you see with Derrick Henry, is, is by rushing the ball. That opens up the opens up the field for Tannehill to throw, and, and, and if they have a good rushing game, I think that, that bodes well for them, especially if they can play from in front. I think that's the team they like. So if you look at they had a bye, um, not, not last week, but the week before, and you look at their last three teams they've played, Played Jacksonville, like you said, the Kansas City, and, and then Carolina. And you uh, look at the rush defenses, last three in the league Carolina, Kansas City, or Jacksonville, Carolina, Kansas City. So, literally, the last three games they've played have been the three worst rushing defenses, according to DVOA, in the league. Um, and, like I said, I don't, I don't know how it's pretty inarguable to me about Tennessee's going to succeed by rushing the ball. So, now if you play uh, just even an average rush defense, I think they're going to struggle a lot, and then I think that offense is going to slow down. So I think that's something to definitely keep note for sure on the Tennessee side. Yeah, and then you look at further with DVOA, you look at Tennessee's 12th and Indy's 13th. 
well, before last week, where Tennessee played a Jacksonville team that's just rolled over here the last month, they were 23rd going into last week. So you're really going to upgrade them 11 spots <laughs> off of the one performance. It just, I don't know, it seems like there's a little bit of too drastic uh, recency deal there where I just, yeah, I mean, combined with what you said, it just seems to me like uh, everybody seems to be overacting a little bit too much to the positive there for Tennessee. All right, next game, we got Philadelphia heading to Miami. Uh, Philadelphia laying 9.5, 10 here on the road with a total of 45. Yeah, my power rating here, Philadelphia minus 8. Look headline, Philadelphia 7.5. Westgate open, Philadelphia 7.5. And, and the total here open, 46.5. Um, another another game here. It's kind of kind of seems like my uh, the theme of this week for me. I I, I want to bet this game under. Uh, some money already came in a little bit, so uh, we'll kind of see where it goes. But it seems to me uh, the way Philly's offense has been working in, in Miami, it it's just it just seems like this would be a an under type of game. And uh, like I said, not not like I'm losing a ton of value, so it might be worth a small bet for me. But definitely harder to get to the window when you're uh, when you're not getting you're losing a point of value in a total or something. So. Uh, that'd be my first look. I guess I still lean under. Um, side perspective, yeah, pretty simple for me. I mean, it's just either to me take Miami or pass. I just don't know how you take uh, Philadelphia in this point spread range when they haven't been able to click on offense. And I know uh, you, like me, had a play on Philadelphia fading the line move last week. I just thought that was absurd. Uh, getting upwards of uh, two, two and a half uh, at home against a, a shaky Seattle team or you know shaky at times Seattle team and. It wasn't a Seattle win. It was definitely a Philly loss to me. I don't think Seattle did a whole lot to win that game. Uh, Philadelphia just couldn't do anything. Um, and, again, whether that's Wentz not having any weapons or if it's just Wentz declining, I'm not really sure who to blame or what to blame. Um, but you would think this would be a spot where Philly would get back on the horse and, and, and get right. But I don't know. They they seem like, to me, um, I don't know if I fully trust this team here. Uh, but, again, it's just you trust Miami, and the effort the last few weeks just really hasn't been there. So, uh, to me, the question mark isn't on Philadelphia. It's more so the effort level of Miami. So, if, if you want to take a flyer with them or not, I'll probably have a little bit of Miami in my pocket at the plus 10. But, uh, I don't know, I've gotten burned the last couple of weeks with them in my pockets uh, as a release play. So, I'm probably going to stay away from a release play perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit, hit the head on the nail there. The nail on the head that would be the correct term. Um, yeah, to me, it's all about Miami. Trip there, yeah. <laughs> um, if you get the Miami team that was frisky for like a month there and just about beat the Bills outright and then was ahead of the Steelers at halftime and then beat the Jets and the Colts, if you get that Miami team, this number is absurd and is worthy of a huge bet. But if you get the Miami team that I talked about on the pod last week, I was a little weary that we might be heading back towards the Miami from the first month of the season where they're just rolling over and you, the effort doesn't even seem to be there and they don't seem interested at all. If you're getting that team, then I don't think you can make a number high enough, you know, within reason where I feel they're worthy of backing. And uh, you did, he did see Fitzpatrick getting fired up there. I know we were laughing watching the games last week when they were down, I don't know what it was, you know, 21 and he rumbled into the end zone for a touchdown and he's getting all pumped up and you know, pumping his fists and, all that, and it was kind of funny. So it's like, you know, at least you're still getting the effort from him, but I just don't know about the rest of the team if they're there or not because the Browns definitely didn't play the best, cleanest game ever, and they still just absolutely rolled Miami. So that's a couple weeks in a row now against the Bills and the Browns, which aren't juggernauts by any means. So that's a little worrisome here. Um, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's just a case of if you feel confident, you have a good read on what might you're going to get from Miami, then, uh, you know, you'd be a bet on them or against them based on that because – 
I think this number here is a little bit of a hedge because they're not really sure what you're going to get from Miami, and I don't really have a super strong opinion myself. So for me, it's a pretty easy stay away. Next game, we got an AFC West rematch. Uh, Oakland heads to Kansas City, and the Chiefs here uh, land 10 points at home with a total of 51. Um, yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City minus 9. Look headline, Kansas City 8.5. Westgate open, Kansas City laying a full 10, and uh, total here open 54.5. So, yeah, a lot of under money. I'm I'm pretty su- surprised myself. I don't, I don't know. This, to me, seems like the only way you can bet it is over. Uh, if you do take a look at the weather report, and that's what kind of I had an over on that Oakland game. That was my pick of the week as well as release play, and I'm still kind of shocked they didn't get over. Um, I, I really don't know how it didn't. Uh, the one thing that worried me a little bit is that weather report got pretty bad. Kick going up to game time, a lot of wind, a little bit of rain, and I know uh, I, I don't trust Oakland as much with that. Um, so that definitely worried me a little bit. But the way the game played out, I, I, I you know, I, I I like that bet. I don't think there was any point. I don't think there was a point scored in the fourth quarter against the Jets last week, and with Oakland that is, and uh, it just. I don't know. It just seems to me this Oakland team is just it's just hard to bet under here, and that's where the market's going early. Um, it might just be weather-related, I, I guess. But other than the weather, I don't know how. Uh, you know, I really like this game over. I, I especially you have Kansas City coming over uh, after a bye, and we know how Andy Reid comes off a bye and he prepares against the defense. And Oakland's got to be one of the worst defenses in the league right now. I mean, they're just uh, you know they can. You saw the Jets last week, and. Uh, yeah, I know they just haven't had any resistance, it seems like, all season. So I don't think – I think Kansas City has been kind of somewhat struggling or kind of, you know, definitely not getting all the talk. Baltimore's kind of uh, trumping them on that aspect. And I think this would be a game where Kansas City comes out and, and looks really good on offense. But, again, you got to remember their defense isn't very good either. So, to me, I like the shootout, um, again, barring the weather report. So I'm going to have to wait and see because that's the one, one way you get burned on these totals, especially when there's a lot of a big movement here under. It only makes sense for me that there's some some bad weather coming. Uh, or a lot of wind, so that's right. Kind of wait and see, but then if uh, depending on the weather report too, I will I would like the Oakland side. I think I mean ten points is a lot of points here, and everyone's kind of seems like they're giving up on Oakland after last week. They took some money there against uh, against the Jets on the road, and it didn't end up working out. So it's almost like you know they got burned. So I'm not going to you know go back to the well, but there might be a little bit of value here on Oakland. I think, but again, it's kind of tough with that whole Andy Reid. Uh, the, angle off of a buy it's just uh so so profitable over the years but again this is a big point spread so a little bit back and forth on the side i'll probably have a small bet on oakland but yeah but barring a, a decent weather report definitely like the up and over the total for sure yeah basically agree i leaned to oakland in the over not the strongest conviction i've ever had but the only thing that worries me is kansas city defense has actually been a little bit better here i mean it's kind of been hit or miss i guess for the most part so, uh, I don't, you know, they didn't play that great against Tennessee a couple weeks ago, but they played better against the Chargers on Monday night before their bye. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of they're a little bit of a whack-a-mole team when it comes to defensively. Uh, I just think that uh, this Oakland is just such a dead nuts over team that I think the only reason the total is only at 51 instead of like 54 or 55 is just the fact that it's a divisional game and they both need it so bad, you know, but... I don't know. Um, as you yeah, ten seems like a lot of points, and Oakland is a team that seems like they're they're capable of kind of sticking with anybody if if they're clicking. And against the Kansas City defense, that I'd say is average at best. I think they have a decently good chance to put a, quite a few points on the board. I know that matchup earlier this season, Oakland. Uh, I think they jumped out and they were up ten nothing. I think, and then they ended up losing twenty eight ten. So. 
you know, if you go by that, you say, well, maybe they don't have, uh, you know, they won't have much success against Kansas City's defense. But I'm going to, I'm going to say that was more the aberration than what's likely to come. So I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't feel incredibly strongly about it, but I just think the toll is a little too low and that's a little a few too many points. So lean Oakland, lean over. Uh, next game, got a Florida battle here. Tampa Bay heads to Jacksonville. Uh, Tampa laying one here on the road with a total of 47 and a half, 48. Yeah, my power in here, Jacksonville minus one. Look headline, Jacksonville four and a half. Um, Westgate open, Jacksonville three, even money, and the total here open 49 and a half. So yeah, right off the bat, see the market's collapsing here on Jacksonville just a ton, and look, you look at just the look headline to the opener, and then the opener to, um, where it got bet and, uh, right away, and then now where it's at, sitting at in the week. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It, it it's, it, it it really comes down to the effort level of Jacksonville. I mean, you just getting a lot of value on Jacksonville. So, I mean, that's the only way I could look. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really tough. It seems like this year specifically, it just hasn't worked out taking these, these really poor teams with these overreaction weeks and stuff. And this is definitely seems like a huge overreaction and a big adjustment. And, and the question obviously is, is it warranted? And I don't know. And it, it, it seems like if Jacksonville's defensive effort's not there and, and Folds doesn't have it, and the, the offensive line's not working, they have no weapons, and, you know, maybe it is warranted that, that Tampa Bay's a short favorite here on the road when Jacksonville's got a weak home, Jacksonville's got a weak home field. But I don't know. I, I, I just don't. This, this game seems really hard to bet for me. It seems like uh, there's a lot of question marks, and I don't really know who's going to be playing, and you have add in the fact with Winston and the turnover machine and, you know, big plays, and, yeah, I don't know. It, this total's been getting bet up, uh, and it's – Probably has a lot to do with every single Tampa Bay toll has gone over so far this year. I'm pretty sure every one of them has. Um, but with that being said, I, I don't know. I, I'd be a little bit more hesitant to bet this one over. This seems more like a, especially at a 48 and a half, that just seems like a high total. Uh, or 48, 48 and a half seems like a high total. Uh, not that I'm necessarily going to bet under for sure, but I'd, I'd be a little bit more hesitant to bet this over than, uh, than, than normal games with Tampa Bay. That's for sure. Yeah, I think these, I mean, I think the side and total here is pretty heavily correlated. If you get the Jacksonville team that's rolled over the last couple weeks and really hasn't been competitive, I think there's a decent chance they can get it up and over this. But if you get the, you know, the the pesky, everybody's chipping in and defense looks good, Jacksonville effort, then I'd say there's a good chance it stays under and there's a good chance that they can find a way to win the game. So I I really want to bet Tampa here because I just think they're a better team than a much better team at the current time, but the way the, the way the NFL season is going for me, whenever I feel confident in something like that, it's not blaringly obvious like, you know, Ravens were on Monday night. When it's something like this, it's a little bit more subtle. Because to me, it just seems like Jacksonville's basically quit. And it just it seems like it's, it's a team that I want to bet against. And like you said, the, the markets have collapsed on it. But here, it's not like we're laying a price or anything. It's just you're asking Tampa to win this game. I just don't know if... <laughs> Even though I feel pretty confident that I want to bet against Jacksonville a majority the the rest of the season, I just don't know if I really want to put all my eggs in the Jameis basket in a game where you're expecting him to win on the road for a second straight week. I I wish the Tampa Bay would have played a frisky game, but lost a, a heartbreaker, or, you know, lost a back and forth game against the Falcons last week. The fact that they went into Atlanta and blew them out in a division game, and now they're going on the road in an interconference game. And Jacksonville's off two straight disappointing losses. Uh, it just seems to me like historically that'd be a pretty good spot for Jacksonville, and you'd expect to have a pretty good effort out of them here. 
But the way this year seems to be going, it's like maybe you just throw that out and say Tampa's a, definitely a better team in my eyes than Jacksonville is, and maybe you just ride Tampa here. I don't, I don't know. I guess that's kind of the way I would lean, but it just, yeah, there's just, you know, a little instinct in the back of your mind that says it's not that easy. <laughs> you got to factor in more underlying factors than, than what you just kind of see at first glance. The next game, just an op- absolute garbage bowl here. We got the Jets laying three on the road, heading to Cincinnati, and a uh, total of 41. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Jets minus two and a half. Look headline, Jets three and a half. Westgate open, Jets four, and the total here open 41. Uh, it, to me, it's, it's, uh, I, yeah, it just, I, I really can't bet the Jets here. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I think you're, you're paying too much of a premium here after the last couple of weeks and, I think last week they're decently impressive, but again, you're playing an Oakland team in, in bad weather at your home field uh, with a, an awful defense in Oakland. So, I mean, this just kind of sets up for them to be perfect. And then even the game before that, I mean, you kind of can see how it works out. And, you know, granted, they're playing another awful bottom-tier team in Cincinnati. And I wouldn't like this game at all if uh, if it wasn't Dalton. But I think uh, having Dalton in, now that he's the starter, I don't know. I think that's just a huge bump here for Cincy. I mean, he's been capable. I think he's always been capable. Not that he's great or always has, plays great every game, but I mean, he always is, he always keeps you in the game. Uh, I think for sure, and um, or can potentially keep you in the game or come come in the back door. Not that this is a huge point spread, but I mean, I think uh, you know it's gonna it's gonna motivate Cincy here, and especially if you just blindly bet winless teams here against a spread after you know whatever halfway through the season, it's it's definitely profitable long term. So I mean, just looking that. At that, and then also having a little bit of hope with this, uh, you know, Dalty being in the starter, I think. And then you add in the fact that the Jets are coming off a couple of big wins and covers and blowouts. It's just, you know, spot-wise, you know, obviously screams Cincy, I think. And it just seems to me uh, this is the way to look. And then unfortunately, again, kind of similar to the theme this week, it's I liked it right away when I saw it at three and a half. I figured, okay, I'm going to wait and hold off here. I just don't see this number coming towards Cincy at all and getting any support. And then, you know, then you look and then now it's sitting in, you know, three or, you know, a little bit of a uh, reduced juice there on Cincy, which, you know, I'd really like to get that extra hook. Obviously, you know, obviously that's stating the obvious, but uh, I am, I'm surprised that the market's already quickly going back uh, on Cincy this early in the week. It seems like uh, there won't be a whole lot of love for Cincy. I thought it'd be more of a, a, a Jets or pass type of game for, for most of the betting uh, public, but, you know, maybe we will see it come back here once the Jets get involved in the, or once the public gets involved in the Jets here before kickoff. That's what I'm hoping. So I'm going to kind of wait and see here if I can get a better number than a three, but yeah, I'll take a little bit of Cincy for sure in my pocket. Yes, yeah, Charlie just came out that says Dalton's goal is to win, not protect, protect draft position. So that's kind of a shocker. I would have figured he would have been tanking here as maybe his last chance at a starter in the league to try to get a quarterback to replace him. But as just, just in case you were wondering, so you do have a motivated Dalty, so that, that's good for your, your Cincy right. side. Yeah, I'm surprised the line's not moving on on, uh, on the information. <laughs> Flip favorites? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would absolutely love this. I mean, I guess as much as you could love the Jets on the road laying points, but if, if Finley was still quarterback in, in a three range or something like that, but – I do agree with you that I don't think McDulty was the problem whatsoever. I don't think he was good enough when they were playoff teams to carry a team to a Super Bowl. I thought he was pretty mediocre and would need to be carried by an above average to great roster. But on the flip side here, them going 0-11 or 0-17 or whatever it was when he was in there, I don't think it had a whole lot to do with him. I think he was still playing a steady, you know, decent football. Nothing, nothing spectacular, but nothing awful either. 
So in this in this point spread range here, I, I don't necessarily want to jump on Cincy because I just think they're close to unbackable in my opinion. But I, I, I do give them enough credit with Dalty that I just think three is pretty pretty pricey here for the Jets on the road when it's not a complete abomination at quarterback for Cincy anymore. So for me, it's pretty easy stay away here. And boy, the Jets have got to be kicking themselves that they blew like that game to the Dolphins when I was on them a handful of weeks ago and a couple of other games they lost early in the season because at 4-7, and seven, if they would have flipped one or two of those games and now the fact that they've been playing garbage teams, but they've been coming on pretty strong here, uh, you know, they could have at least talked themselves into with the Dolphins and now the Bengals to potentially sneaking in for a backdoor playoff spot in the in the weaker AFC if they would have got it going early. But I think at 4-7, uh, and seven, they pretty much have to win out to have any chance, and that's not likely to happen with couple of their games they got left on the schedule. Uh, next game, we got the last of the 1 o'clock games. AFC North battle, we got Cleveland heading to Pittsburgh. And Cleveland uh, laying two here on the road with a total of 39. Uh, yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh one and a half. Look headline, Pittsburgh minus three. Westgate open, Pittsburgh one and a half. And the total year open, 40 and a half. And yeah, judging by the numbers, obviously, uh, my, my numbers as well as the look headline, I don't, I don't really get this game. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, just, just two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was, Pittsburgh went to Cleveland and what game was, I think, three is what it closed at. And, and now you're Cleveland's on the road and a few weeks later at Pittsburgh and, you know, they're almost laying three. It's, uh, you know, getting close to three. So it just, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And, and I think if anything, I've, I've never been a big, I've, I've said it last, I don't know. I, Several weeks now, I've not been a big Rudolph fan. I just haven't liked what I've seen at all, and he hasn't looked comfortable and isn't able to to, to make any plays downfield. Um, so I really don't know anything about Hodges. I'm not going to, you know, put on something like I do. But at the end of the day, I think nothing else. Getting a fresh face in there at quarterback and getting some new blood and and getting somebody that's a different look for the defensive coordinators and then a little bit of a motivation booster for your own team. Yeah, like I said. I, it's, I think it's only, it can only be a positive, and I think it can only in, in increase the, the look for Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I, I like Pittsburgh quite a bit here. I just don't really get this line. I like the, the opener a lot better. Uh, that's obviously where my, my numbers made it. It's Pittsburgh one and a half. But yeah, I like that a lot better than, than the current market here where Pittsburgh's a short dog uh, at home. So uh, that Pittsburgh defense has been pretty feisty. You see that with the low total here. Uh, Pittsburgh games have been getting bet under pretty consistently. And um, not that I necessarily like the under here in this game, but um, I, I I do like the Pittsburgh side. I just I really don't really don't understand this line. I think Cleveland's definitely getting a little bit overvalued here. Um, but on the uh, you know the opposition to that would be you know Cleveland's running rolling a little bit here and they're getting a groove on and there is a pathway maybe for them to make the playoffs. So that could be the argument that they could keep rolling. But I think Pittsburgh you kind of make the same argument too that they could uh, you know this is a really crucial game here for an AFC North battle. So yeah, give me Pittsburgh here plus the points for sure. Yeah, that definitely seems like the, you know, quote-unquote sharper side, uh, Pittsburgh, for sure. I, I don't know. It seems like people want to get back in on the Browns like they did early, you know, or before the season. And they're obviously with Kitchens and the whole thing and how underwhelming they were and basically dead. Now they've won three in a row here. And, you know, the Bills, Steelers, and, and Dolphins, not overly impressive, but not not the absolute worst teams in the league either, so. I don't know. Yeah, I thought Rudolph was horrible, so whatever Hodges gives has to be an upgrade from him, or at the very least definitely isn't a downgrade. Uh, I don't know. It's in this point spread range where it's pretty much picked the winner. 
I could see this game going either way, to be honest. I, I don't know. I, Pittsburgh's defense has been really good, but it's just amazing how much more talent that the, the Browns have on offense as a whole. Uh, it just really hasn't been able to totally manifest itself yet. And I just don't really feel confident saying that either side uh, is going to come to play here. Or, I mean, not come to play, but either side is going to be good enough to you know, just kind of to, to win the game, I guess, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. I just don't really trust either side completely because I, I don't trust Pittsburgh's offense at all, and I just don't trust the whole infrastructure the Browns have. And I don't know, I could I could see it going either way. I think this is going to be a pretty fun one to watch. I'm definitely looking forward to watching this one, but I don't really have any clue as to as to uh, who's going to win. Uh, so, yeah, the one late game that I talked about earlier that was up at the top for some reason was Oakland-Kansas City. So looks like we got, what, three late games this week? So that's kind of disappointing, but I guess with the three on Thanksgiving, that's not all that bad. So the other late games we have, first one is the Rams heading to Arizona. Looks like the Rams are laying three here on the road with a total of 47, 47 and a half. Um, yeah, my power rating here is the Rams minus one and a half. Look at line. Rams three and a half. Westgate opened Rams four, uh, before the Monday night game and then reopened Rams three at the Westgate. And then the total year opened 46 and a half. Um, it, yeah, I, I, this Rams team, <laughs> I don't know that I, I, I've, I've never been a big fan. Even last week, I didn't really didn't even like the team. I, I know we we're talking about it at, uh, over dinner the night before on Sunday, but talking about the Rams team with my friends and it's just, I wasn't, I'm not high on them at all. I wasn't high on Goff and, but at the end of the day, I just mechanically kind of had to bet the Rams just from a value perspective against Baltimore and obviously it didn't work out. Um, but this here, it just seems like, you know, it seems like, okay, the Rams are getting a little bit of value again, but I don't know if I can do it. I just, I don't think, I just don't really think, uh, it seems like this Rams team is going to be in shambles and I could definitely see that being a pretty much of a dream crusher for them. I mean, their record, it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs now, especially with, uh, the wild cards and with the pack Vikings for the North slash wild card and then Seattle and I guess potentially slash uh, San Francisco. I mean, they, the records are so good there that it just seems hard to imagine that the Rams are going to be able to make a run, especially the way they've been playing. Um, but yeah, Goff has just been super suspect and I don't know. I, I, I seems like you're not getting a whole lot of value necessarily after an embarrassing blowout loss there for the Rams, but it seems like this has happened a few times now and they haven't really shown me anything in the week after so it's like at some point you got to stop buying the bounce back and maybe they're just not a good team and they're uh you know overpaying their guys and, and Gurley and Goff and then maybe it's already starting to hurt them uh, maybe it's what it comes down to so I don't know I think this this Arizona team I don't really haven't played a whole lot of Arizona games this year but they're coming off a bye and they've been pretty frisky and uh, Murray's been able to put up points and come from behind if they are get if they do get down and you know, I can see them, uh, you know, kind of starting hot here a little early off the bye. And so, uh, not, not a huge play for me, but, um, the only way I could look, I think, is betting Arizona here, even though normally it, it seems like a spot maybe for the Rams. But yeah, I think, uh, maybe a lean towards Arizona for me this game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm kind of done with this Rams team. I've tried to jump in on them at spots and it's, it worked against, you know, at Seattle, it worked, uh, won that by, by the hook and then, Against the Niners the next week, it didn't work. And then last week, it didn't work. Um, and then, yeah, again, at the Steelers a couple weeks ago, it didn't work. So I, I just, I don't know. I keep thinking that they're, I know that there's the Super Bowl hangover deal for the, the team that was a runner up that lost in the Super Bowl. And they usually don't have a good year coming back. But I just figured with their 
a lot of their talent being younger guys and returning and McVeigh being a top tier coach, I just figured, all right, they, they might have some lackadaisical performances early, but they'll, they'll figure it out. And they're, they got so much talent. They'll, they're a top echelon team. And some of their performances have just been kind of, uh, you know, just confounding and confusing. I don't really know what you're getting out of them a lot of times. They just kind of seem more, they almost seem to me more like a, a Billsy type team that just beats up on bad teams. And then against good teams, you don't, you can't trust them at all. It's kind of the performances they've really given this year. So, uh, yeah, it's just, just kind of surprising to me that I have this little faith in the Rams in a spot, which I would assume against the Cardinals team that I'm not a huge fan of at all. I just would have, you would think this would be a, a great, a great bet at three and I would love it. And I still think I would lean that way. It's just, it's just the, the Rams have so much more talent and should have a better coach and, you know, my more experience and everything, but Goff has just looked horrendous. Um, there's no, no doubt about it. I've never been a big Goff fan from, from day one. So, uh, even, yeah, even when they're talking about Kim getting an extension, I just thought I'm like, that's way more McVeigh's system than it is Goff being a playmaker. So to me, I thought that was pretty outlandish from the beginning, but as far as this game goes, I guess I lean Rams, but I just don't know. Kind of like I said, I got to take a break from fading Baltimore. I think I might want to take a little bit of a break here from back in the Rams because I've, I've tried to step in and play on them a few times here and for the most part it really hasn't worked for me. So I'm going to probably stay away from this one as well. All right. Uh, last afternoon game, we got the Chargers heading to Denver. Chargers laying three here on the road with a little bit juice towards Denver and a uh, total of 38 and a half. Yeah, my power rain here, Chargers minus two. Look headline, Denver minus one and a half. Westgate open, a pick em. The total here open, 38 and a half. And the, for me personally, it's just really frustrating how I can see this Denver team. I and mean, just look at the look headline, Denver, you know, laying points here. I can see this Denver team was pretty, you know, decently overvalued after that effort that they put up against the Vikings a few weeks ago. And, and, and I said that I didn't really trust them at all going into Buffalo. But the problem is, is, you know, you hear everybody talking, you kind of think about it all week and, Number kind of comes down a little bit and not like a great number, but then I end up not really pulling the trigger. I definitely released it as a play. And it's just kind of frustrating because, you know, that they just, they just, you know, got dominated pretty much and then something I expected and that's kind of the way my year's been going. I just haven't been pulling the trigger and pressing the right buttons, uh, like I need to, even though I have a pretty strong opinion. And, uh, so like I said, I think you can kind of see the markets here after one game of Denver, uh, kind of getting back to the, the norm here, I guess you could say. Uh, where the, they expect this Denver team to go, just having a pretty big adjustment off of the of the lookhead line. But um, with all that being said, it, you know, number comes in close to my my power rate number now. It looks like uh, we might. Uh, my screen just flashed uh, during the podcast here that we're not sure who the quarterback is for Denver. So I'm not sure um, what's going to happen there if there's uh, an injury or what. But I need to look into that more because, like I said, it just happened here once the podcast was going. And uh, but either way, I don't have a strong opinion on this game, so I won't. I'm belabored a whole lot, but I mean, if anything, I think, uh, I think the Chargers might be worth, worth a look here. Um, I just really don't like this Denver team a whole lot, but yeah, I don't have a huge opinion on this game. Yeah, it looks like they're thinking Drew Locke might take over for, for Brandon Allen for the Broncos here, which just, I was reading the, one of the beat writers for the Broncos tweets. He was saying it's pretty tough that they threw Brandon Allen in against the defenses that are ranked third and sixth in the league in scoring defense. And, had a pretty good game against the Vikings, and then obviously not quite as good a game last week against the Bills. But that's a pretty tough shake if that's your your opportunities. And then a game in which he beat the Browns at home. Uh, so you know, I thought he 
kind of, I thought he handled himself fairly well. And for a young guy that's only had three starts, I wasn't, I know Locke has more of a, uh, more of a pedigree and they expect more from him potentially. So I understand moving to him, but it's kind of a tough break there for, for Allen if he is pulled. As far as this game goes, I don't know. I just, this again just says I, I, I want to bet the Chargers, but that's, with the way they blow games and how important points are in their games, going from getting a couple points to giving three is just just huge. So I, I don't trust them to win by more than a field goal here. And I I don't know I don't I don't know what to make totally at Denver. I I don't think I haven't thought they've been good all year, but then they've had a handful of spots where they've stepped up and played pretty good, including beating the Chargers team at LA. Uh, a few weeks or you know a couple months ago, so for me, a pretty easy stay away, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if Locke does get in there and see what he looks like, and maybe we'll have an early read on him to uh, bet on or against him going down the stretch. Sunday night, we got uh, the Patriots heading to Houston, New England laying three here on the road with uh, some extra juice and a total of forty-five. Yeah, my power in here in New England two and a half. Look headline: New England five, four and a half. Westgate open New England three and a half, and the total here open forty four and a half. I'll make this one pretty short and simple. Uh, don't belabor it anymore. I mean, I just I feel like uh, you know Houston maybe a little bit of value here, sitting at you know three, but anything above three, but you know it's just a typical thing you know against uh, New England and Brady and Belichick. It's just uh, something I don't want to I don't want to fade right now. So I don't really have a good feel in this game. I think New England's kind of um, underperforming a little bit, especially on offense. But that defense is obviously what's keeping them. As a top uh, top rated power rated team, so um, I don't know. And this Houston team, I think, will be interesting to see where they go. I think they are maybe a little bit flying a little bit under the radar a tad, or I think it could be going the opposite way where they're kind of overperforming. I think that's a little bit tough to tell, tough to gauge. And, and to be honest, I don't really have a, a perfect perfect feel for them right now either. So yeah, with all that, I, it's me. It's a pretty easy pass here on a Sunday night game. Yeah, it seems to me like Watson kind of not that he's a bad quarterback by any means, but it seems like him and the Houston in general are an offense that can put up a lot of points against bad teams and might struggle against better defenses. And obviously in this game against a really good New England defense, that's a little worrisome. So uh, although New England's offense just hasn't really worked at all for a while now either. So asking them to, to cover a number on the road isn't doesn't make me feel all that comfortable either. But even that being said, I just I think I would trust New England's defense here out of the four units on the field the most. And I, I would lean towards New England here, only laying a field goal, especially when I bet New England against uh, Baltimore a few weeks ago, laying three on the road, and was obviously wrong in that game, pretty spectacularly on Sunday night. So you're basically giving me the same scenario here, and um, you know you just got to lay three, and New England hasn't done anything that to totally abandoned my faith in them over the last month. So I uh, obviously think this would be uh, a better bet than that the Baltimore game was. So probably fire back here with New England. Not something I'm overly in love with, but uh, the way I would look. Monday night, we got Minnesota heading to Seattle. Seattle here laying three at home with a total of 49.5. Yeah, my power right here, Seattle three. Look at line three. Westgate open Seattle three even money and the total here open forty nine. Um, yeah, and betting betting wise, um, I, we're getting, I think we're seeing a lot of respect here for Minnesota, or lack of respect for Seattle, whichever way you want to look for look at it. But 
Um, yeah, a little bit of both, but I, I don't know. I was, I was trying to make a case here for Minnesota right away, but then a little, Marcus kind of went towards them a little bit. So you're going to pay some extra juice to get that three at most shops. And then you try to kind of make a case at Seattle, um, with a little bit of reduced juice price. I don't know if I just trust this team at all. And I don't know. Yeah. So I'm not sure. And I won't be surprised here of a lot of different results, but either way, uh, being a Minnesota fan, I think this will be. A really interesting game, and Minnesota coming off the bye has definitely got a, you'd think, help. I think they're going to get Thielen back, so that's going to be a huge help for this offense. I think that we've missed him a lot. So um, all that considered, and then, you know, Seattle just is, I think, it's been a tough team, and I, I said it last week, too. I just Every every time I'm in, involved in a Seattle game, whether I'm betting on them or against them, it just seems like I'm not on the right side. So I'm just going to, you know, probably for most of the rest of the season, I would think, uh, maybe once we get to the playoffs, it might change, but. Rest of the regular season, I think I'm just going to stay away from these Seattle sides. I just haven't had a good, good feel for the Seattle team, I guess, is what it comes down to, and uh, picking the wrong spots. And maybe that's just the theme of the this 2019 campaign. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens here. But I don't know if I can really make a case here, a strong enough case to bet either one of these these teams with the current number. Yeah, I, th- I think as long as you can get the flat three, I, I like the Vikings quite a bit. I just think Seattle. Yeah, they've. they've they were fairly impressive last week, I guess, against Philly. At least their defense played good for the first time in forever. So give them credit there. But Wilson didn't look all that good. And I, I have, I think, obviously, not to, not going on a limb here, but I'd say he's a you know, top five elite quarterback. So I have no, no doubt in my mind that he's going to bounce back and play, play well. But I think the rest of the team more so overperformed than for their actual talent level. I just, I don't think there's a whole lot of talent on this team in general, and to their credit, I think their nine and two record good for them. They've they've got the wins, but I think a lot of it's been with horseshoes and 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 fairy dust. I just don't think they're that good of a team. And not to say, I think the Vikings, you know, it's being a Vikings fan, it is scary because they can blow games they shouldn't blow, a la Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, and Seattle shown a knack for pulling out games they shouldn't pull out. So that's that's fully on the table, and I'm I'm absolutely aware of that. Um, I'm not. Not the most confident I've ever been due to the fact that, you know, it is a short number here, only catching the field goal. But to me, this just kind of feels like it could be an either-or game late. And in that case, I'll, I'll take three points. And I, I, I think Minnesota's defense has been a little underwhelming, which has kind of been surprising. And their offense, I think, has actually been better than most people expected and is a pretty, uh, you know, I don't want to say like elite in the league, but it's definitely an upper echelon offense. So it's not totally the way that Zimmer wants to play. But I think, like like you said with Andy Reid off a bye, I think Zimmer off a bye has been pretty good over his career as well. So the fact that they now come back after a game they sleptwalk against the Broncos, and not sleptwalk, I guess, but they got down early and it was kind of a look-ahead spot, and then they rallied back to win. And now I think they're, uh, they'll, they'll get a real good effort from them here against Seattle. And then, conversely, Seattle's won four in a row. They're just on the road two games in a row against NFC opponents, and now they're heading back home. But it's a primetime game, and it's a, an important game, the fact that they're they're trailing the Niners. So not saying you're going to get a bad effort out of Seattle by any means, but I, I don't think it's a great spot for them either. Uh, I just think I just think the Vikings outside of quarterback is, was just a way more talented team than Seattle. And I think the quarterback, the way Cousins has been playing this year, I don't think he's been quite as good as Wilson, but I think it's not too far off. So, in this uh, this point spread range, give me the team that has a lot more talent and has a uh, you know 
definitely not a worse spot either. So I like the Vikings here uh, catching three. And I mentioned right. real quick uh, when they went into the buy, but I was hoping to you know get get involved here in this total over. But it's like yeah, boy, you paying a premium. I was I thought I might be able to get something you know. 46, 47 range, but now sitting in the 59 or 49 or 50 range. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of crazy how it seems like the markets this year have been just keep getting sharper. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. It just, there's been a lot of games where it just, yeah, you, it seems like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to get this number. And then the numbers come on. You're like, boy, how they really adjusted it. The, the two, three points in the direction. I was thinking we were going to get some value that seems like you have been able to in years past. And, yeah, I agree. It just seems like the markets are getting sharper and sharper as the as the years go by here. But all right, let's uh, wrap up the pod here and finish up with our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, so last week you had the over in the Oakland Jets game, and that was a loser, even though it probably should have got there. And I had the under in the Saints Panthers game, which was fairly dead from the beginning. So that drops you to five and six on the year and me to four and seven. So you keep the T box. Where are you looking this week, Rob? Yeah, uh, going back to my last play of the week, it is tough when, uh, you almost get over in the first three quarters and you don't get any help in the fourth quarter with not one point scored. So yeah, that's tough to, to get the game over in three quarters, but almost got there. Um, yeah, this week, uh, to me, I'm gonna, uh, you know, no total for me this week. I think we'll do, talked about it how I liked it quite a bit. I'm gonna go ahead and, and back that Indy minus two and a half. That's been my uh, that's been my play that I like the most here out of anything. So I I agree with you the, the injuries especially uh, Ty is definitely a concern. But uh, either way, I think two and a half here. It seems like you're going to probably get a decent number. Uh, I think that's going to be a decent number. I don't know if it necessarily goes back up or not. But even if it gets a little bit lower, which it, it may, uh, I think two and a half is not a huge difference. So yeah, I'll take Indy minus two and a half pick of the week. Yeah, I yeah. Uh... I don't even think I mentioned this when we did the game because I was so focused on on the side. But um, I think I'm actually going to look over in the Green Bay Giants game. Um, I just think I think Green Bay is about a they're right up there as with like Oakland and Tampa is about as dead nuts over as a team gets. So I just think their their defense has been smoke and mirrors for the early part of the year and just isn't all that good. And obviously their offense I think is a good chance to get back on track against this horrendous Giants secondary and then the Giants not that I don't think they have a a great offense by any means but I think they'll be able to put up enough against Green Bay in this point spread range 40 or you know 45 and a half for the total 45 season it's just that's to me that's especially in today's NFL that's uh (laughs) they're just saying one of these teams is a big under team or is a you know at least leans under and I just don't see that um you know the the Giants' uh, game last week was pretty low scoring, but I think that had way more to do with the Bears than it did to do with the Giants. And meanwhile, the Packers haven't been all, all that successful on offense a couple weeks when they went out to California against the Chargers and the and the Niners. But I have faith, and then they had that game in the snow against the Panthers that ended up being somewhat low scoring. But I think there's been sharp money on Packers over. I know you've been on Packers over a handful of times here in the last month, and I don't necessarily think that money was wrong. I just think due to some different circumstances, didn't quite get there. But I think here's a, uh, a really good opportunity to get a cheap number and uh, and ha- hit back on that trend and expect the Giants to kind of snap back to the, uh, the over team that I think they are as well. What uh, what do you think? Do you think 45 and a half? Um, no. 
it's probably 45. I'd say it's, it's either 44 and a half or 45. Okay. All right, we'll go 45. So, all right, I'll take the over 45 in the Green Bay Giants, and you take the, the more, uh, Indy you know, minus more two and look, a half. The more I look at it, I think that's definitely, definitely 44 and a half. It's definitely fair. I mean, you got five dimes, bookmaker, uh, sports book, uh, I guess Pinnacles of 45. You got Buckeye. There's, there's in Jazz. There's plenty of 44. Bavada, 44 and a half is definitely, uh, probably more widely available. So I think that's definitely the more, the better number. All right. Sounds good. And yeah, I guess the one thing I should caveat on that, like you say all the time, is it's a New York East Coast game. So we, we've seen it ourselves with the weather it could be a factor there at MetLife. So not, not saying I'm going to rescind the pick or, you know, you can't cancel your bet, obviously, but if you're listening to this Sunday morning and there's a, you know, a snowstorm or monsoon going with a bunch of wind, then you might want to back off a little bit. But other than that, um, yeah, love this one up and over the total. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it on this uh, Thanksgiving edition. You got any final thoughts here for this week, Rob? Yeah, excited. Kind of take a day off of, I guess, maybe just one day off of work and uh, relax a little bit with some family and not actually good food because we're not a big Thanksgiving food fan uh, between the two of us. But, uh, yeah, nothing else. Watch a little bit of football and relax. And we don't have to drive far. It's going over to our dad's and, uh, you know, pretty short drives. We don't have to drive like I have in the past to – couple hour drive down south or whatever or somewhere else uh, hour drive two hour drive so yeah that's definitely good for for me i know you're gonna have to do uh, make the trek on friday morning but yeah so excited for thanksgiving and then uh yeah you think i keep saying it but you think we're gonna have to turn around here at some point uh just kind of keep our nose to the grindstone here and keep uh keep it rolling hopefully we can turn around the results yeah absolutely let's do that uh, let's do it. Uh, best of luck to everybody this weekend. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy the uh, mediocre slate there on Thursday. But a handful of pretty good games here on Sunday and Monday, so it should be should be a fun week. Nice short week for work for a lot of people. And we'll be back at our normally scheduled time next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out AroneSports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.